basketball the basketball segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'll be your host once again james and i'm joined once again by nate and uh welcome back terry hey terry how you doing man doing good thank you for having me back as always appreciate yeah, it no worries man uh let's just hop in and talk about some basketball uh today we'll be recapping sunday's games um no more uh fantasy pickups because most fantasy seasons are finished now uh, so congrats to everyone who won their leagues from our pickups. You know, we always provide uh, high-end, deep league and shallow league pickups. So uh, you probably should have won your league if you were listening to our podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then we'll just uh, take a look at some general news around the league. We'll talk about uh, some of the potential playoff matchups and I guess where everyone is in the standings. And then we'll just move into Monday's preview uh, of all the games. So uh, let's just hop right into it. Let's take a look at some of Sunday's games. And uh, looking at the first game, the Miami Heat beat the Boston Celtics 130 to 124. Uh, it's a big win uh, for Miami. Uh, just looking at some of the stats here, Jimmy Butler, 26 points, 8 rebounds, 11 assists. Uh, Bam Adebayo, 20 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, Duncan Robinson, 22 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist. Kendrick Nunn, 12 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists. Trevor Ariza, 19 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, and 3 steals for him. Uh, while Tyler Hero adds uh, 12 points to his three rebounds. And I'll start with you, Terry. Uh, just looking at this Miami team, um, they're playing really well right now. Are they a pretty serious threat going into the playoffs? Most definitely. Um, at the start of the year, they probably were a little bit sluggish just due to the fact that they did have an extended playoff run coming from last year. So they just needed to get that uh, playoff hangover a little bit out of their system or how I should say, their final hangover <clears throat> out of their system. Having said that, now that guys like Jimmy Butler are healthy, Bam Adebayo is playing at 100%, and guys like Tyler Hero are finally getting adjusted to being on the bench instead of being in the starting lineup, I feel like this team is going to be another dark horse coming into this upcoming playoff series. Gordon Dragic just needs to fix his shot a little bit just because he went 3 for 10, I believe, in this game. But aside from that, you should be aware of the Miami Heat is always. Yeah, for sure. And um, just looking at Boston, they've been pretty inconsistent, but uh, they didn't have Jalen Brown in this game. But looking at some of their stats, Evan Fournier, 30 points, three rebounds, eight assists. I think that's probably his best game as a Celtic. And then Jason Tatum, 29 points, five rebounds, six assists. Marcus Smart, 16 points, two rebounds, four assists. Kemba Walker, 18 points, two rebounds, six assists. And Aaron Nesmith, uh, 16 points, four rebounds, one assist. And Tristan Thompson adding two points to go with his 12 rebounds. And Nate, just getting to you on the Celtics, uh, they've been very inconsistent lately. Uh, what can we see from them going forward into the playoffs? It's going to be hard to say because as of right now, like if they started the playoffs like immediately, they'd have to face um, the Nets. And this kind of inconsistency is not going to be something you want uh, trying to face Nets. Yeah, I mean, um, both Miami and Boston have been inconsistent, but it really looks like Miami's getting it together a little bit more. And uh, just speaking of a team that's really gotten it together, uh, the New York Knicks beating the LA Clippers 106 to 100. 
Um, big game from the Knicks. Uh, just looking at some of their stats, uh, Reggie Bullock, 24 points, four rebounds, three assists. Julius Randle, 14 points, 14 rebounds, and five assists. RJ Barrett, 18.7 rebounds, four assists. Derrick Rose, 25.6 rebounds, eight assists. And that's those were their double-digit scores in this game. And this time I'll start with you, Nate. This Knicks team has really surprised everyone, including myself this season. They're in the fourth seed in the East. So uh, what's in store for them going forward? Um, I mean, anything can basically happen for them at this point. Um, I'm just, I was as surprised as everyone else because I guess we've been so used to the Knicks being bad every year. But I guess in terms of um, defense, it's kind of allowed them to compete with almost any team. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, before I get into the Clippers stats, Terry, I just wanted to ask you, um, their lineup was mostly healthy in this game, but they still lost to the Knicks. Do you think this was an off night or do you think there's some serious questions with this Clippers team? I feel like it's just an off night for the LA Clippers at this point. Um, if you look at the box score, um, Kawhi Leonard only shot 34 from the field and Paul George on the other hand, even though he shot 40, um, his shot from three was, I believe, two for nine. And the guys around them, like uh, Rajon Rondo, Patrick Beverly, Ivan Zubak, they weren't, uh, how should I say, more consistent in their scoring output or just their role in general. Um, this was just a better game for the New York Knicks. And I feel like a lot of people will be sleeping on the Knicks just due to the fact that, as Nathan said earlier, they were just horrible for the whole entire decade last year or last decade. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, just looking at some of the stats you're talking about for the Clippers, uh, Kawhi Leonard, 29 points, four rebounds, three assists. Um, Paul George, 18 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Reggie Jackson, 12 points, four rebounds, three assists. And Nick Batum, 13 points, three rebounds and three assists. So yeah, they, like you said, didn't get a lot of support scoring. I know Marcus Morris, his points have been down a little bit lately. Um, DeMarcus Cousins isn't even getting 20 minutes, so he's not really a serious threat in terms of points. Yeah, I feel like that um, the Clippers, uh, it might have just been a one-off game. I feel like when Ibaka comes back, that should help them. But yeah, it's just going to be um, tougher and tougher for them going forward, especially when they get into the playoffs. But uh, speaking of a team trying to get into the playoffs, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans beating the Charlotte Hornets 112-110. to uh, this game was the battle of the Ball brothers, uh, LaMelo and Lonzo. And although LaMelo had the better game, uh, Lonzo's team came up on top. So just looking at some of the Pelican stats here, um, Eric Bledsoe, 24 points, 4 rebounds, 11 assists. Lonzo Ball, 12 points, 3 rebounds, 6 assists. Mikel Alexander-Walker, 13 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Jackson Hayes, 18 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, Najee Marshall, um, 13 points, 1 rebound, 2 assists. James Johnson, 17 points, 8 rebounds. And Willie Hernan Gomez with 9 points, 16 rebounds, and 1 assist. So, Terry, I'll start with you here. Uh, it really looks like the Pelicans are trying to get into that play-in spot. Um, there's no doubt about that. Just due to the fact that this team is on the outside looking in and their coach is just trying to light a fire under these guys. Guys like Lonzo Ball and I believe Jackson Hayes, who are the more vets of this team will be trying to lead these guys into that 10th seed and the Spurs are uh, on the ropes right now in that 10th seed right now. So having said that, 
you just hope that uh this Pelicans team can prove people wrong with uh the absence of Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, um, with those two out of the lineup, uh, I guess that probably decreases their chances of getting the playoff spot. But I guess what what you saw from this game, I guess it is possible. It is possible, but then as you said earlier, or just a second ago, that the possibility does go down a lot. Brandon Ingram is their best scorer, and Zion Williamson just manages to find different ways to score against some of the big men in this league today. Yeah, for sure. And um, just looking at some of Charlotte's stats here, P.J. Washington, 14 points, 12 rebounds, 2 assists, so you got a double-double. Terry Rozier, 43 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, so big game for him. LaMelo Ball, 22 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. And Cody Zeller was 17 points, 8 rebounds, and 1 assist. And uh, Nate, I wanted to ask you, uh, the Charlotte team is just barely holding on to that 8th seed. Um, I guess, are they in danger of dropping out? And I guess they really look like they need Gordon Hayward back. I mean, they're one game away from the Wizards. So if the Wizards have like at least uh, two more like really good games and the Hornets keep slipping a little bit, they might actually lose that eight seed. And I guess uh, they really need Gordon Hayward back at this point. Yeah, hopefully he's healthy enough to start. Yeah, I know he's been one of the more bright spots for that team this season. Uh, they, I feel like they definitely need him to come back. He just uh, sort of spreads out the scoring a little bit. And, yeah, just moving on to the next game, it's a pretty big blowout here. The Dallas Mavericks beating the Cleveland Cavaliers 124-97. to um, Big game uh, for a lot of Dallas players here. Tim Hardway Jr., uh, 25 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. Josh Richardson, 20 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist. Luka Doncic, 15 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Dwight Powell, 12 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. And Jalen Brunson, 13 points, 1 rebound, 7 assists. And just getting to you, Nate, about the Mavericks. No Porzingis in this game, but they still make quick work of this Cleveland team. Yeah, I guess it looks like they don't uh, really need Porzingis to beat a team like the Cavs. I mean, the Cavs are like 14th in the East, so they haven't been playing their uh, best. Yeah, um, it just looks like not much has gone right for this Cleveland team this year. Just looking at their stats, Colin Sexton, who has been their best player, had 24 points, three rebounds, seven assists. Uh, Broderick Thomas, 13 points, three rebounds, one assist. Damian Dotson, 10 points with two assists. And... uh, uh, Mifondu Kebenjeli, I don't even know how you say his name. Uh, 14 points, four rebounds, one assist. I probably just butchered that. Um, but anyways, Isaac Okro, uh, 12 points, one rebound, one assist for them. And Kevin Love only had eight points to go with his 11 rebounds and three assists. Um, yeah, it's been a tough year for Cleveland. Um, I don't know, Terry, is there hope for them next season? It's just a rebuilding team at this rate in the Eastern Conference. I mean, you have guys that you were just pronouncing that are on, uh, how should I say, this rotation. Having said that, Garland is out with an injury. So this did affect their chances of possibly making this blow a little bit significantly uh, closer. But having said that, um, they just lost, what, 10 straight. So 
you can write them off for this year, but they just need to start drafting um, some prospects, whether it's in on the wings or in the front court. Uh, this is going to be a long process for whoever's the GM down in Cleveland. Yeah, they just really have not played to their full potential. I know they had a great start to the year, but they, it just really fizzled out at this point. Um, and speaking of another team that's really had it fizzle out, and that's the Orlando Magic. They lost a 128-96 to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And just looking at some of the stats from Minnesota here, Carl Anthony Towns, 27 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. D'Angelo Russell also with 27 points to go with his 6 rebounds and 8 assists. Ricky Rubio, 18 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists. Anthony Edwards, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, double-double. And, I mean, Terry, just looking at this uh, Minnesota team, it looks like they do have a bright future ahead of them if they can stay healthy. They do. Um, just due to the fact that D'Angelo Russell is a little bit injury-prone, you're not always going to see this uh, starting lineup all the time. So they might have to develop uh, more depth at the point guard position or draft another player if necessary. Having said that, you did mention that the future is bright. You got guys like Anthony Edwards, Jared Vanderbilt, um, Josh, uh, okay, G, I believe his name is, uh, you just hope that they can develop more chemistry and they can be slept on eventually to become maybe a sixth seed, fifth seed, maybe even eighth seed. Yeah, for sure. And, um, just looking at Orlando in this game, uh, Dwayne Bacon, uh, 18 points, three rebounds, two assists. Uh, Maurice Wagner, 11 points, five rebounds. Cole Anthony, 11 points, four rebounds, three assists. Uh, Ignis uh, Brazdekis, I, I can't pronounce these names. I'm just butchering them today. Uh, 16 points, six rebounds, and three assists. And then RJ Hampton, 19 points, five rebounds, and three assists. Um, no Wendell Carter in this game. No Terrence Ross. Um Nate, just looking at this team, I think there's a long rebuild ahead for this Orlando Magic team. Yeah, it, things are probably going to be looking kind of bleak for a bit, but hopefully the GM kind of plays things right and they'll be able to do a nice rebuild. Yeah, for sure. Um, trading Vucevic was one of the uh, I guess pretty much the kickstart to their rebuild. And then, yeah, just trading away other pieces like Aaron Gordon and others. Yeah, looks like that team's going to be in for a long rebuild. And speaking of Vucevic, uh, his team, the Chicago Bulls, got a big win on Sunday, a 108-96 to over the Detroit Pistons. Uh, looking at some of Chicago stats here, Zach Levine, 30 points, three rebounds, six assists. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, 29 points, 16 rebounds, two assists, so double-double. Uh, Thaddeus Young, 11 points, three rebounds, three assists. Kobe White, 21 points, four rebounds, three assists. And uh, I just wanted to ask you, Nate, uh, does the Chicago Bulls team have a chance at making that 10th spot? I mean, maybe, but a lot of things are going to have to go right in order for that to happen. I mean, they are healthy now. I know Zach Levine was not healthy for that little bit. I know Kobe White's been in and out, but... I guess with those two in the lineup, uh, Nate, do you think it, it is possible? Well, they're still kind of dependent on other teams to play bad as well. So, I mean, I think their record is going to be better, but compared to the other two teams above them, it's going to be hard to say. 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, just looking at some of Detroit's stats here, Sadiq Bay, 20 points, seven rebounds, one assist. Killian Hayes, 21 points, seven rebounds, eight assists. Isaiah Stewart, 19.7 rebounds, three assists. Saban Lee, 13 points, one rebound, seven assists. And Tyler Cook with 12.6 rebounds and one assist. And um, just getting to you, Terry, uh, this Detroit team has been very disappointing this season, 15th seed in the East, obviously. Um, I, I guess they're pretty much just looking forward to the draft lottery at this point. Yeah, just looking forward to the draft lottery, as well as just trying to figure out who to keep for next year. Most of these guys are going to be playing for contracts as we speak. Yeah, guys like Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart have just been playing really well for them. I, I guess those guys are pretty much just trying to secure jobs for next year, like you said. Either that or I believe they're on rookie contracts. I'm not 1,000% sure with the situation down in Detroit. Um, as mentioned, or I didn't mention this earlier, but they did have a couple of guys injured and sitting out for the rest of the season just due to the fact that they're tanking. Um, Jeremy Grant, I believe Corey Joseph is probably going to be a part of the rotation next year. And I'm not a thousand percent sure if Miles Palmer was out, but um, I believe he was sitting out as well. Yeah, there's no reason for those guys to play at this point. They really don't have anything to play for. But I guess a team that does, the LA Lakers, they got a big win on Sunday night, 123 to 110 over the second seed Phoenix Suns. No LeBron James in the lineup for the LA Lakers. And they still put up good amount of points. Um, just looking at some of their scores, Anthony Davis had pretty much comeback, uh, best game since his comeback, uh, 42 points, 12 rebounds, and five assists. So he got a double-double there. Catavius Caldwell-Pope, 17 points, two rebounds, two assists. Alex Caruso, 17 points, three rebounds, eight assists. Montrez Harrell, uh, 12 points, three rebounds. Uh, ben McLemore uh, had a... 12 points and one rebound and uh, Andre Drummond added six points to go with his 10 rebounds and two assists. So uh, Terry, just looking at this Lakers team, uh, do you think they're turning a corner here? Or do you think that maybe Phoenix just had sort of a one-off game here? Um, from what I remember, I believe DeAndre Ayton wasn't getting enough touches inside the paint. I believe he only had six points, but with a rotation of Montrez Herald, uh, Mark Soule, Andre Drummond, and basically whoever's at center on the Lakers, I mean, I can expect Aiden to have a bad night. Having said that, um, they're in the seventh seed right now, and I know for sure that they do not want to be there for the playing tournament, just due to the fact that some more games taxing on a couple of these vets. Um, having said that, they just needed to get a win for LeBron, and I guess that's what they got. Yeah, for sure. And just looking at some of Phoenix's stats here, Mikal Bridges, 15 points, two rebounds, four assists. Devin Booker, 21.6 rebounds, one assist. Chris Paul, 13 points, four rebounds, 10 assists, so double-double. And Cameron Payne, 24 points, one rebound. Jay Crowder, 13 points and one assist. And yeah, like you mentioned, Aiton was quiet. Uh, some of the other players on this team were also quiet. Um, but I want to get to you, Nate, on your thoughts about Phoenix. Um, was this a one-off game for them? Uh, do you think that maybe they're going to get bullied by some bigger teams in the West um, in terms of being in the paint? Uh, or uh, just what are your general thoughts on this Phoenix team? I mean, I think for the in most of the season, they've been consistently good. So I think for now, we should probably just say this is a, a one-off game. 
but I guess kind of like you said, the Lakers are like a, a really tall team. A lot of players that are, I guess, over six eight, over six nine. So it's kind of tough for a lot of teams to keep up with that. Normally, I think teams usually try to outpace them to try to beat them, but I guess it just didn't work out this game. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also think it's a one-off game for the Suns. They've been so good all year. Um, if they definitely start struggling, then we can maybe have that discussion. But after one game, I don't feel like it's fair to them since they've had a good year. And yeah, just looking at a team that's really trying to get into the play and looking at our last game from Sunday, the Sacramento Kings beating the OKC Thunder 126 to 98. So big win for the Kings. I'm just looking at some of their stats here. Uh, Maurice Harkless. Um, 18 points, five rebounds, three assists. Marvin Bagley, 13 points, nine rebounds, two assists. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, 15 points, four rebounds. Buddy Hield, 14 points, five rebounds, seven assists. Uh, Delon Wright, 15 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Terrence Davis, 18 points, four rebounds, seven assists. Damian Jones, 11 points, six rebounds, and two assists. And uh, Chimezi Metu had uh, 13 points, nine rebounds, and two assists. And um, I just want to get to you, Nada, on this. Uh, I know we talked a lot about the Kings not getting depth scoring. Clearly, they did in this game. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying it ever since they made the trades. But the trades that they've made, it looks like they've um, really worked out. Yeah, there's a whole leap of double-digit scores here. I remember there were a lot of games they only had like four or three double-digit scorers. So it was pretty much all the the same guys getting the points for them. And then when they weren't on the court, they were just giving up a lot of buckets. So, yeah, I think they're really turning the corner in terms of their bench. Yeah, for sure. And then just looking at uh, OKC stats here, uh, Darius uh, Baisley had uh, 18.6 rebounds, two assists. Moses Brown, 12.9 rebounds. Uh, Alexei Pokusevsky had 13 points, two rebounds, five assists. Theo Maladin, 13 points, two rebounds, two assists. Jalen Horde had 16 points, five rebounds, one assist. And Svi um, Maki Haliuk had uh, 14 points, three rebounds, and three assists. And just getting to Terry on the Thunder, um, they've pretty much put their uh, stars to sit for the rest of the year, both Dort and uh, Gilgis Alexander. So um, what do you think about this team heading into next season? into next season, you're just trying to figure out who's going to be a part of uh, that core group of Ludor and SGA. Having said that, guys like Darius Paisley have been standing out with these guys. Same with, uh, I believe, Theo Maladin. But today, I believe, was an off day for him. Um, Ty Jerome was injured, and as well as I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Um, Mike Moustakis? Not a thousand percent sure about that, but just looking at the rest of the team, um, Alexi, well, the guys that you were saying before, because I don't want to butcher their names. Yeah, no worries, man. <laughs> yeah, but those guys are standing out in this uh, rotation of the Thunder right now, and you just hope that these guys are going to come back next year. Yeah, they have been looking really solid. Um, I know this team definitely isn't the same without uh, Gilgis Alexander and Lou Dort, but um, yeah, those are two of their big pieces that they can sort of um, hope to build around next season. 
And um, just moving past uh, the recap, normally we get to our fantasy pickups, but most fantasy seasons are finished. Uh, a lot of finals finished either Sunday or they will be coming to a finish uh, this week. So uh, we will not be looking at any um, pickups for NBA. Um, I think that's mostly uh, finished up. So uh, let's just jump right into sort of our standings outlook first. Um, Nate, I want to start with you here in the East. Um, the big three teams, uh, the 76ers, the Nets, and the Bucks have all clinched their playoff spots. Um, it's really looking like the Knicks are going to do so um, as well. Um, I know they have seven wins in their last 10. Um, and then just sort of moving down, I guess, between the, the fourth and eighth seed, um, I guess, which two teams do you think uh, will get stuck in the play-in and then which of those teams will actually clinch? I guess um, maybe the Hornets might end up falling out of the top eight. I don't think the Celtics are going to. So it'll probably just be um, the Hornets maybe if they end up slipping a little bit. Yeah, I've noticed the Hornets have been slipping a little bit. They are only five and five in their last 10. And um, yeah, it really looks like like the Knicks, the Hawks, and the Heat should clinch soon. Uh, the play-in will pretty much be comprised of the, the four teams that are, are in there right now, Boston, Charlotte, uh, Washington, and Indiana. But Terry, let me get to you. Um, do you think Chicago or Toronto, I know they're mathematically still in this play-in, but uh, do you think that they actually have a realistic shot of getting in? Realistically, I believe the Raptors don't have a chance just due to the fact that they need to win all their games that are left under schedule. Um, and with the addition of Siakam being out, uh, that percentage just went down even more drastically. With the Bulls on the other hand, they just got healthy. So now you're just hoping for, if you're a Chicago Bull fan, just hoping for the Pacers to lose a couple more games. I mean, Miles Turner has been a significant part of uh, Pacers' defense. So having said that, um, they might have trouble trying to stop people getting inside the paint or just trying to go in for an easy layup. So I feel like the Bulls might have a chance, but then they have to hope for a lot of things to go right because they're just, I believe, three and a half games back of the Pacers now for that 10th spot. So um, there might be a sliver chance for the Bulls here. Yeah, for sure. I, I kind of like Chicago's chances. I think that when healthy, they are a better team than uh, the Pacers are because I know the Pacers won't have Miles Turner, obviously. And the Pacers have just been giving up way too many points uh, this season. Um, it's just been, you know, uh, tough for them. I know Chicago can put together a better defense, in my opinion. Um, and definitely they have over the course of this season. Uh, they've been four points uh, better on defense than uh, the Pacers. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking at Chicago as a team that could possibly get in. Definitely their, their schedule has to be in their favor, and they have to win the games. That's something Chicago has struggled with. Um, just moving on to the West, um, four teams have clinched already, the Jazz, the Suns, the Clippers, and the Nuggets. Um, but just looking at um, the, the teams below them, the Mavericks, Blazers, Lakers, and Warriors, um, Terry, I'll get to you on this. Um, do you think any of, uh, of these teams uh, will sort of stay where they are? Do you see some of them dropping? Uh, which uh, teams from those four do you see dropping into the play-in? Um, from those four teams that are currently from five to eight, I believe the Lakers and the Warriors are still going to be 
inside the play-in tournament just with four games left. Um, having said that, the Blazers and the Mavericks, they're on winning streaks right now, respectively three and four each. So having said that, the Lakers need to hope for LeBron to come back on Tuesday, which I believe he's reported to come back against the Kings. And with the Warriors and Stephen Curry's play, I mean, anything's possible at this rate. They played the a Jazz, I believe, on Monday. I'm not a thousand percent sure. But um, that might be another win. But the Jazz are on a five-game winning streak. Yeah, for sure. And um, Nate, just getting to you, um, in terms of um, teams that can still qualify for the play-in, the Pelicans in 11th and the Kings in 12th, um, I know they're still mathematically in it, but do you think that those two teams, um, or, or sorry, a better question would be, which of those two teams have a mo- have a realistic shot of sort of getting into that play-in over the Spurs? I mean, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick the Pelicans if Zion and Ingram were able to come back. But for both of them, it's going to be a long shot, basically. Yeah, I've sort of felt the same way. Uh, Although the Spurs have not been playing their best basketball, um, yeah, I just really feel like that um, that they will probably finish in that 10th spot. And then they might lose out to the Grizzlies um, in in the play-in. But yeah, I think the West seems to be a little bit more concrete than the East. I don't know, Terry, do you have any other thoughts sort of on the West play-in? Um, as Nathan said, the Pelicans have the best shot just due to the fact that the Spurs' schedule is tough if you look at it. I believe there's a game against the Nets, two games against the Suns if they do play it, and maybe a game against the Knicks, not a thousand percent sure, but comparing that to the Pelicans' the last four, I believe the Pelicans might slip into that 10th spot. Yeah, it is possible. Getting Ingram back is definitely a must for this team. Whether Zion comes back or not, we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, um, just getting to you, Nate, any other thoughts on either the, the standings, the play-in, or just an outlook on the playoffs? Well, I'm depressed that the Raptors probably won't make it. Yeah, it's been a long year full of injuries. I mean, they haven't played a game in Toronto the whole season, so that's probably one of the other big factors for them not winning a lot of games. So when you don't have your your traditional home crowd, um, it can be, take a tough toll on the team. Yeah, they've had a really rough season, so hopefully they'll be able to come back uh, next season a lot stronger. Yeah, and that's assuming uh, they get to play at home in Toronto and uh, just getting to you, Terry, any other last thoughts, whether it's standings, play-in, or playoffs? Nothing at the moment. Um, everything seems somewhat concrete down in the West with the East. Um, that temp spot looks a little bit suspicious between the Bulls and the Pacers at this point. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest question mark in terms of which teams will get into the top 10. And then in terms of, I guess, just the seeding, uh, it could pretty much go any different way. Exactly. All right, and just moving into um, our preview for Monday's slate, um, uh, let's just start off uh, with the first game here. Um, The Washington Wizards um, at the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, The Hawks are favored by eight points. Um, Just starting with you, Terry, um, who do you like in this matchup? I kind of like the Washington Wizards um, coming for this matchup just due to the fact that they want to create more separation between, I believe, it's that 10th spot that the Pacers are holding down. 
and they might want to get that Hornets eighth spot just due to the fact that they only have to win one game now, if that's the case. Um, the Hawks really are just playing for uh, positioning against the Knicks to see if they can get home court advantage in that first round. But aside from that, I believe Washington has more to gain from this win. Yeah, I feel like that Washington could keep it close, but uh, I'm not entirely sure about them winning. I know they don't have Bradley Beal in this game. Um, Nate, let me get to you on that. Uh, do you think that eight points is enough for the Hawks to cover, or do you think the Wizards are going to keep it close? I feel like the Wizards still should keep it close, but it kind of depends who is in for the Hawks. Yeah, I think the Hawks should be mostly healthy. The Wizards are just missing Bradley Beal. Um, eight points seems about right where it might end up. Maybe uh, over or under that is going to be close. But yeah, definitely a game uh, to watch out for. I do think the Hawks should still win this, but I guess the way the Wizards have been playing, I guess you just never know. Maybe we might uh, see Westbrook play like a crazy game. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, he's been playing really solid lately. I could easily see a triple-double here. Um, just moving into the next matchup, the Indiana Pacers at the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Pacers are favored by eight and a half points. I'll start with you, Nate. Um, do you think the Pacers should be able to cover that pretty easily, or do you think the Cavs can keep it close? Um, I think the Pacers should be able to, I guess, cover anything against the Cavs. Yeah, the Cavs have just not been – I mean, they're 0-10, um, both up. Uh, outright and against the spread in their last 10 games. Um, they just really haven't been playing well. And uh, Terry, I guess you probably feel the same way about this game. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's really not much to say. Uh, this Pacers team is just much better than Cleveland. Um, and then just moving into the next matchup, it's a big matchup with playoff implications here. The New Orleans Pelicans at the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, just taking a look at the spread here, the Grizzlies are favored by nine points. Um, I do believe that the Pelicans will be without some players. I'm um, just taking a look here, but um, yeah, it, uh, who do you think uh, should have the advantage here? Uh, I believe both Ingram and Zion are not in the lineup. Nathan, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I think if Zion and um, Ingram in, they might be able to pull an upset. But with, I think, either of them out, it's going to be really tough. And then you, Terry? Just looking at the Memphis team right now, I mean, the only injuries they probably have that are significant to the rotation are Grayson Allen, but they can easily just get the same production coming out of Desmond Bay, maybe even Justice Winslow. When you look at New Orleans, on the other hand, they are suffering a lot of injuries in the front court, whether it's Josh Hart or the two significant um, players, whether it's Zion or Brandon Ingram. Plus, on the other hand, you got Stephen Adams out. I feel like Memphis has a better chance just due to the fact that they're more healthy. But remember, the Pelicans are fighting for that tendency against the Spurs right now. I mean, the Pelicans did play the night before. I feel like the Grizzlies can pretty much capitalize on that. Um, and then due to the fact that the lineup isn't complete. So uh, I definitely do like the Grizzlies in this matchup. And then just moving on to the next one, we have the Milwaukee Bucks at the San Antonio Spurs. The Bucks are favored by seven points. Um, uh, Terry, I'll start with you on this since uh, your favorite team is the San Antonio Spurs as well. Um, 
the Spurs have sort of been very inconsistent. Like they'll, they'll keep it close with like tough teams, but um, they'll get blown out by teams that aren't as tough. So uh, what do you see in this game in terms of a, a spread or an outlook? The outlook? Well, as you said, they're inconsistent. Um, Derek White's out. Having said that, they don't have their main score outside of DeMar Rosen. And you're just looking to fill in spots between uh, Derek White. Having said that, Lonnie Walker is a little bit less inconsistent. Some days he's going to have seven points. Some days he's going to have 24. But um, this is Giannis and the Bucks we're talking about here. You might see the Spurs take a loss tonight just due to the fact that the Spurs do not have that answer for a guy like Giannis just yet developed. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely agree with that. And then Nate getting to you, uh, how do you feel about this game? Um, I guess the Bucks are kind of like a more reliable option. You know that the Bucks are going to play really well every game, but for the Spurs, it's always a question. So I guess I would take the Bucks. Yeah, I think the Bucks should be able to pull out the win. Um, whether they cover or not, that's definitely the question. But um, yeah, the Bucks clearly are the better team. And just looking at the next game here, um, Utah Jazz against the Golden State Warriors. Utah will be without Mike Conley for this game. Nate, I'll start with you here. Um, I still like the Jazz as an all-around team, but I guess with Steph Curry, you you never know. So who do you like here? Um, I guess I I guess I'll kind of go with the um Jazz. And um, Terry, how about you? Uh, do you think Utah can win, or do you like Golden State here? Conley out and Donovan Mitchell out. I feel like the Golden State Warriors might pull off this one here, just due to the fact that. You can only have Jordan Clarkson on the court for so long before you need to give him some rest. Yes, you have options like Joe Ingles or even Royce O'Neal to probably do some of the ball handling duties, but this Stephen Curry we're talking about, you can probably put down 35 points and then they'll still find a way to make his team win. Yeah, for sure. And then um, just looking at the final game, uh, the Rockets at the Trailblazers. Um, this one's pretty much in the bag. Um, like, let's just be real about it. We already know who's going to win this. Uh, the spread is minus 15. I don't usually like minus 15 spreads. I think that Houston will be able to keep it closer than that. But yeah, I think uh, just starting with you, Terry, this is Portland's game. It is Portland's game. Um, it's just a tune-up game for these guys just so they can hopefully – where are they behind in the standings? The Mavericks? They're behind rate. Dallas, yeah. Yeah, so at this rate, they're just trying to get to that fifth seed so they can play the Nuggets because the Clippers in the playoffs, they're more defensive-minded, and I feel like they might match up better with the Nuggets. But that's just my opinion. And then, Nate, I guess you feel the same thing. Portland should be able to take this. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that's going to be the end of our big time basketball episode. Um, thanks again, guys, uh, for joining me uh, in this episode. And um, I guess just uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. Uh, we'll have picks there. Um, and we had been posting the pickups during the season for fantasy. So definitely check us out um, and then check out the podcast on YouTube, um, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, like subscribe share um hit the bell for notifications leave us a review all that good stuff and 
yeah, that's going to be the end uh, of this big time basketball episode. Thanks again, guys. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you.